Hello, and welcome to the Tech Disruptors podcast hosted by Bloomberg Intelligence. In this podcast series, we talk with CEOs and management teams about their views on disruption and how it's driving their decision-making and strategy. My name is Mandeep, and with me today is Jay Parikh, CEO of Lacework. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mandeep. It's great to be here. Great. So obviously, uh, Lacework is a private company, but uh, having gone through uh, a number of rounds and raised, you know, a substantial amount of capital, would love to start off with, you know, what the company does. How did you become the CEO? And really, what are you trying to do in the near term? Yeah. So just to start off with a Quick high-level description here. Our mission here is to be the security platform for the cloud. And the premise here behind our mission and what we're building here from a technology and a product and go-to-market perspective really is to help companies of all different sizes, wherever they are in that journey to the cloud, whether it be early or more mature, being able to help them understand, being able to help them identify and be able to action the types of threats that are prevalent and kind of ever-changing in in the cloud. And the crux of why we're different is that we're taking a data-driven approach to this. So in the past with how security was done, say on-prem or how it's historically been done, it is a more manual process and it relies on more people doing things manually to really understand what's happening from a security or a vulnerability or from a threat perspective and just an overall risk perspective in the business. And what we're doing in our technology stack is basically looking at all types of risks inside of an enterprise, inside of a company with this data, data-driven data approach. And that's really fundamentally what we're trying to, to build here. Uh, been, you know, working on this for several years now. The company was was founded back in 2015, was spent many years kind of incubating, building the underlying kind of data technology, the data infrastructure behind it, the machine learning and kind of driving those different outcomes. And then, you know, really continuing in the last couple of years to build out lots more capabilities uh, for helping our customers with that journey in the cloud as it's ever changing. Right, so you came from Facebook, right? And uh, curious, you know, how you ended up uh, becoming CEO of a cybersecurity company. Yeah. So, you know, after I uh, departed Facebook in early, I guess, 2021, it was, was spending time working with a a number of different companies, trying to figure out what I was going to do as sort of my next adventure, my next challenge. And was introduced uh, by an old friend of mine to, to the Lacework team. I originally started helping out as an advisor for about three months or so. And then it just turned into a, uh, into the CEO and a co-CEO role for a while. And then as of about two and a half months ago or so, uh, assumed the sole CEO role. And, you know, what really got me, I think, excited about what Lacework is doing beyond what I've already said about the platform here is really the fact that this is such a huge challenge and a huge uh, problem for the industry. As cloud adoption continues to grow here, one of the biggest stumbling blocks that slows down enterprises from 
moving to the cloud or being able to move their their application, their data into the cloud as fast as they want is actually security and having to rethink, reinvent the way security was done. And that can actually actually can kill cloud migration projects out there, right? Because this is something that is a completely different way of thinking and doing security. And so for for me, the data-driven approach, which is you know, inherent to a lot of my prior experience in terms of solving uh, really complex, really hard challenges uh, using data, then this approach has not been applied to security and security in the cloud for enterprises. And that was a really interesting and still remains to be, you know, a really interesting challenge, but a huge opportunity for for us and in in, in our customer base. Got it. So, I mean, I have uh, a lot of questions around Facebook, but I'll leave it uh, this episode focused on cybersecurity. So, uh, look, I, I think when we think about cybersecurity, there are different segments, right? Network security, endpoint security, then the broader analytics segment. So, my guess is you guys fall more on the analytics side in terms of looking across vectors and then using the power of AI and machine learning to really uh, uncover potential attacks. Is that the right way to think about what the product is doing here? You know, there was probably three kind of areas to contextualize this. One is we, again, have built this technology and this product, which we can talk a little bit more about next in terms of more of this specifics here, but we drive different outcomes, Mandeep, right? So some of this is maybe more useful to customers just from a pure visibility, a pure uh, kind of just understanding what is in the cloud. A lot of customers are out there. They may be moving to the cloud and their DevOps team or their security team at some point says, we don't even know what's in the cloud. We need to know what our assets are. Where are these assets? What type of assets are in the cloud? We don't, we don't have an easy way to understand what these assets are and how they're laid out or how they're structured in the cloud. From there, really being able to understand what those assets are doing day in and day out, right? And it's not okay in the cloud just to kind of scan that stuff, you know, once a week, once a day. It's not okay to have these, uh, they're not static, right? The cloud is is changing. It's a high entropy environment. People in your organization are launching applications, changing things, changing configurations. New uh, folks are joining the company, et cetera. So it's a very high entropy environment. And in anywhere where there's that high entropy, you're living with a certain amount of risk all the time. And so what we're trying to do is contextualize that risk, really help you understand what risk to go focus on in terms of top priority and helping to remove a lot of what historically was manual work that resulted in a lot of false positives. So you're sorting through a lot of things that fire as alerts or events that turn out not to be issues in your environment, but you burn a lot of time and people time to to triage those things. And what we try to do is really give you just the signal and try to eliminate the noise because we understand your environment and that environment is unique to you. So how long does it take to deploy this product? I'm, I'm guessing you can uh, get it up and running because it's cloud-based or just uh, walk us through quickly, you know, in terms of, is it more the SMBs that are using it or the large enterprises? And then uh, how quickly can you deploy that? Yeah, we have customers of all all sizes. We have customers that are small and maybe have, say, small DevOps teams, security teams, where they really want 
to get further efficiencies with their teams. They may have a small team that is covering a lot of interesting challenges for their business and growing their applications and their business. And they're trying to really make their teams more efficient with every bit of time that they have. They want to be able to focus on the right things from a security perspective and have that automation, have that data, that collection that we do today in that understanding of it. So we'll have small customers. We also have very, very large customers as well. You know, many, many uh, thousands, tens of thousands of employees as, as customers. The deployment times, I, I think, you know, really are pretty, pretty simple. Uh, at, you know, AWS reInvent a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking with a customer and asking him about deployment times and that individual deployed, you know, Lacework in 15 minutes to their entire environment. So it can be very, very fast. So I'm guessing since you said it's fast, uh, there are already pre-built connectors to all these different uh, types of products that a customer may be using, whether it's on the DevOps side, Atlassian, or you know, anything else on the application side, Salesforce, Workday, et cetera. Like, I mean, how are you getting the data to analyze, to contextualize? There, there has to be connectors built beforehand, right? Yeah. So remember, our service that we offer is for cloud environments. So when we, and let's say we have a customer who's using any of the three major cloud providers, they sign on to using Lacework and there's configuration that they can either submit through our UI or they can configure this via a configuration file in their DevOps, uh, their DevOps tool chain. And that basically just drives the automation. So you specify what your kind of cloud, there's just cloud configuration assets that the customer will configure in their Lacework account or accounts. And then the, delay, the, the data collection process begins. And it's pretty straightforward. We offer a lot of different ways to connect with different things. And over time, a big part of the technology that we've built here in Mandeep is to be able to adapt and keep changing the types of data that we collect because the cloud continues to evolve, right? The technology stack in the cloud, the applications that people are building, the third-party services that they're using are constantly evolving and our data systems will evolve as the customer in the cloud continues to, to grow. So I guess when you're going for an RFP or you know, you're trying to uh, sell your product, how uh, is the customer measuring the efficacy of your product against someone like, let's say, Splunk or Rapid7, which I feel are very similar to what you described in terms of, you know, the functionality that they offer? So curious, uh, you know, efficacy and then just how you uh, sell your product against the uh, point products that I just mentioned. Yeah, Mandeep, so a big part of our sales process with the larger customers is doing what we call a proof of value. Think of it as a proof of concept, and that is deploying Lacework at scale during the sales process. So the customer gets a true understanding of what we can do from a KPI or a business value a delivery back to them, right? So this is a, an important part where we want to make sure that our thing does and drives the right outcomes, measurable outcomes with a, with, a, with a prospect, with a customer, right? So we have actually a very large enterprise signed on with us this quarter, and we were able to see in the process that we reduced their 
alerts, their security alerts in their production environment, we reduced them by 99%, right? So they were dealing with a lot of alerts from a, another solution, and that was burning out their teams. They were wasting time on a lot of things. They were chasing ghosts, right? And we were able to measure this in a bake-off and show that the reduction in that noise was uh, done by 99%. And then the things that we surfaced to them were the things that they needed to pay attention to. So that was actually very helpful from a not only uh, just security efficacy perspective, but also the time, the hours saved on the actual team and the team members. So, the, I mean, you said you use a data-driven approach. So my guess is, if your solution may be better off in certain verticals or industries than in others. So curious if that's how your customers are also segmented and the data that you have harnessed is, makes you more effective for certain industries? No, actually, Mindeep, it turns out that anybody who's in the cloud uh, you know, is, is worried or should be worried about security equally at this point. So right now we are industry or kind of segment uh, agnostic. If you're adopting the cloud and you're trying to figure out how to keep up with all of the entropy that is happening in the cloud, you're changing stuff. A lot of enterprises are actually deployed across multiple clouds, right? And each different cloud provider does things differently. So even if you want to, for example, be able to understand your compliance and your regulatory framework, if you're a large enterprise and you're deployed across multiple clouds, you can use our system, which is, again, automated, data-driven, to help you gather all of the artifacts that you need to prove compliance across multiple clouds in that ever-changing cloud infrastructure that you're trying to manage. But I'm, I'm just going to push back a little bit on that point. So, uh, look, uh, when you look at certain industries, you know, their IP, like for healthcare, the IP is... Uh, very different. And a lot in a lot of the cases, the vendors may not know about the true IP that the company is trying to protect, uh, you know, from hackers. And so, I, like, you have to have some domain expertise. That's why, you know, these companies have their own uh, professional services arm just to make sure, you know, they can customize the product and make sure they are protecting the right vectors. Is that not the right way to think about it? Let me answer it in two parts, Mandeep. I'd say, first of all, all customers, all folks in the cloud, again, if you're not in the cloud, then it's a different conversation. If you're in the cloud, then you have and you use the common constructs, right? In AWS, you have EC2 or you have S3. You have these services that are there and there isn't lots of different ways to, to build things on the native cloud providers themselves. So again, we hook in, we gather this data from different sources, from the CSPs themselves, from third parties and other, other sources as well, and we can adapt to what it means for your industry. So for example, our healthcare customers have different needs from a compliance perspective. They have different workflows that they drive yeah. in their organization, right? And so we have different, different frameworks from a compliance perspective that you may care about if you're in healthcare versus financial services versus something else, those are all out of the box capabilities and you will customize your product experience with Lacework to fit into your business. The second part of my answer here to you is the platform is customizable. So what we 
you know, see customers doing often is driving different workflows. So if you have a security incident and you're a healthcare company, you may drive the reporting and kind of the filing and all of that that needs to happen. You may drive that differently, but we can help you gather the information that you need for that workflow. There may be a different workflow or a different process that you have to follow if you're in financial services. So yes, what ends up happening is there's customizability around the platform that lets you run your business as part of what is required or what is regulated in these different industries. Got it. So uh, in terms of the usage, who are the primary users of the product? Are these more IT admins or your general line of business users? Uh, and, and then the second part of the question is, are you uh, basing the pricing on uh, consumption or is it uh, more user-based pricing? So the users of the product, I would say, span a couple of different types of parts of the organization. So in smaller organizations, you're going to see the DevOps and kind of the SecOps team in smaller organizations. They may all be kind of in one team that's dealing with the production, kind of your applications running at deploy time, right? At when they're live and they're being accessed by customers or by consumers. So those will be the folks that are using Lacework and in the larger organizations, you're going to see maybe more specialized usage. You'll see developers using it. You'll see DevOps teams using it. And then obviously the security organization, the security operations team, the CISO. And so it really depends on kind of the organizational map, what the usage is. We drive outcomes for all of these different people in an organization from writing code to understanding what might be an unknown threat in your production environment, our data-driven approach will adapt to where you are and provide the insights and the visibility that you need across that entire life cycle entire, and, and across that entire kind of uh, development chain. Okay. And, and then is the pricing seed-based or consumption? It's more consumption-based. So the idea here is that as you deploy Lacework in your cloud infrastructure, as your cloud migration in your cloud roadmap and initiatives inside of a company continue to grow. You're building more applications. Maybe you end up doing something from a multi-cloud perspective because your customers demand it. Maybe you acquire some companies that also have assets and infrastructure in the cloud. We'll grow with you in terms of that overall coverage. So we are focused on the machines in the cloud infrastructure, not people, not the number of people using Lacework from a from a user experience perspective. Got it. And and so two products that or two companies rather that come to my mind that use a consumption model are Snowflake and Splunk. And I know having covered these companies for years, uh, after a while everyone starts to complain about the bill, you know, in terms of the what a consumption model can do. So is that the right approach? Because uh, I look at, you know, your competitors like CrowdStrike or Zscaler or Okta, they're not using a consumption-based model. It's more seed-based. So what makes you think this is a better approach? So I think there's, there is, I'd say what we do is somewhere in between, to be honest with you, Mandeep. So it's not seed-based, but it's not exactly consumption as, say, Snowflake has uh, structured it. So we're more 
structured in terms of covering your cloud, your cloud infrastructure. So for example, let's say you use a hundred resources in the cloud and we provide coverage to that. And we give you that real time understanding of what is normal. And then if something anomalous happens, because a lot of what we can do for an enterprise that nobody else can really do is really baselining and understanding what normal behavior is at runtime in that production environment where your apps are running and there's real customer data and transactions and security is and, and needs to be real time. And what we can do is find out those unknowns. Like we can show you what unknown activity or anomalous activity is happening. Now, if that cloud infrastructure doubles in size, and now because of your just increased traffic or you've launched more applications, it goes to 200 units, then we, we will cover you for, for that as well. And then the pricing for us will follow accordingly. So we kind of we scale up or down based on kind of your coverage of your of your cloud infrastructure, but it's not per seat and it's not at a say you know per query base or per kind of data ingested base like the other companies you had mentioned. Yes, and and so the uh, just to piggyback on that point, so. Uh, look, I, I think when I look at all the data-driven companies right now, and even, you know, when you look at a chat GPT that has uh, created uh, a lot of interest, in terms of the backend, you know, what it takes to run that uh, application, it is compute intensive and it requires a lot of resources. And so the gross margin profile of a data-driven business doesn't seem to be as attractive as it used to be for on-prem software. So curious from your perspective, given, you know, you are a data-driven company, how do you think about the business scaling, especially, you know, as you are talking about large enterprise customers? So I'm guessing you are dealing with uh, larger volumes of data as the size of your customers and the transactions increase. Yeah, absolutely. So the volume and I think the speed of the data that flows through our backend here at Lacework is enormous and it continues to scale as we continue to grow and, and solve more and more of these security problems for our customers. But that is where, you know, it really boils down to Mandeep hiring the right people. And this is where you know, for me, my experience and my background and, and many of the folks here is one where there are there are a lot of great people out there that understand how to scale these fast moving and sort of big scale data systems to do them in a reliable, a performant and a cost effective way. So this is, I think, part of the fun, honestly, of building this company is, you know, we get to work with some of these amazing people that know how to build these big scale data systems and to do it in a way where we can deliver great financial metrics to, to the business. And that also helps us with providing a service of you know, great value to, to our customers. So I'm guessing the gross margin of your business is in line with uh, your competitors like CrowdStrike and Zscaler. I know you're not a publicly traded company, but just for people who are listening, uh, curious if you, you can address that. We are happy with our progress on our financial metrics, such as gross margins. But as you 
may assume we're always going to keep working on them and making them better and better. Okay. No worries. Thank you. Uh, and so I guess one question around just the, the landscapes. Look, uh, I mean, every uh, two, three months, we hear about a major breach, you know, and every attack seems to be different. So curious from your perspective, how do you look at the landscape? Like what are the hardest type of attacks to protect against? And I'm sure this uh, would come up in, you know, your conversations with your customers in terms of setting the right expectations. Okay, there could still be a breach, even if you are, are a customer. And so uh, how would you answer that question in terms of what are the hardest type of attacks to protect against? Sure. So I think the hardest uh, type of attack is the unknown attack, right? The new attack. And those are, I think, really hard in a cloud environment because things keep changing in the cloud. Your developers are making changes. They're, you know, using new services. They're maybe stopping stuff, turning stuff, uh, uh, new stuff up and maybe moving things around. So there's just a lot of, like I said, chaos or entropy happening. And all of that movement in the cloud, all of that velocity ends up really introducing just little cracks and little wedges where any attacker can kind of get in, lurk, and do something over time. So again, where we shine is this data-driven approach where we collect all of this telemetry in terms of understanding what's happening in your environment. And once we establish that baseline, then if there is just odd behavior, if there is some behavior that shows up at... 2 p.m. today that wasn't there at 10 a.m. and wasn't there yesterday at 4 p.m., that there is some machine or there's some employee or user doing something that just wasn't seen as normal before, those are the types of things that we can actually help you visualize. We can alert on those. And so we can actually show the sequence of those anomalous behaviors before they actually turn into something that is a compromise to your business. Or if you do get breached and you have to go figure out and understand what's happened in your environment, there is the ability to look back in time with the Lacework system because of our data-driven approach to help you piece together the puzzle of what may, may have happened. And we've seen that with, you know, with customers being able to look for, example, the log4j vulnerability that happened, you know, this time last year, where customers were able to see some of this just peculiar behavior even before the log4j CVE had been published. Got it. And so uh, another industry comment, uh, uh, you know, Nikesh Arora and George Kurtz both commented recently that you know. Uh, Companies will look to consolidate security in this type of environment, given, you know, we're talking about a recession now and IT spending probably, uh, you know, pulled back. Uh, so curious what impact it would have to your selling motion and uh, how are you planning to just kind of, uh, you know, go forward in this sort of environment? Absolutely. I, I think this is an important thing that we're hearing from our customers and for prospects out there all, all around, right? In that uh, folks are, I think, are really struggling with the point solution. So in the past, 
they would buy dozens of different tools and then try to learn all those tools, negotiate different deals, try to integrate all those different tools. And that was a real, I think, is becoming a real struggle in terms of making your security teams or the individuals that are responsible for cloud security, making them efficient and making them effective. It's really hard to do that when you're bouncing around between 38 different tools and trying to figure out how to automate things, how to streamline things, and to really make sure the team's time is being used efficiently. So we are a platform. So we drive and have many different, I guess, products or features or you know, be able to surface different outcomes for different folks, all built on this underlying data platform that we built, this data-driven approach. And so for us, we prove that ROI in our process with our customers, right? And we show that tool consolidation, system consolidation, that the platform versus the point solutions not only saves you money, but it allows you to move faster. It makes your teams more effective in terms of time, and it drives better security outcomes in terms of these efficacies, faster time for compliance, understanding what is, uh, what are the unknown unknowns in your environment. Um, you know, so these are the types of things we do, and this is where the promise I think is of building a platform like we are versus building a point solution. So which of the companies do you see in your competitive RFPs when uh, you're trying to sell to a new customer? I think it just really depends on where we are with the customer. Uh, you know, the the what the customer's evaluating when they're a bigger customer, maybe they use one of the companies you just mentioned, and they're looking for a different approach, one that is data-driven, one that is a single consolidated system like Lacework is that was built, you know, originally all in the cloud for the cloud and not uh, kind of bolting together different acquisitions and, and whatnot. And then I think when you're a smaller customer, you're looking at what is out of the box with the CSPs. And then at some point, you need something that is going to help you move faster, that is going to help you understand a more complex cloud infrastructure. And that's where Lacework comes into, comes into play. But we'll be usually seeing customers who are um, kind of get their cloud infrastructure, the native tools that come with their CSPs, they in some ways outgrow them or they need something to augment those. Got it. So I'm going to uh, pivot and move to uh, the rapid fire questions. We'd like to, you know, ask uh, a few questions where you can keep your responses uh, short. And really, these are, you know, one word uh, sort of questions. So is there any hardware dependence for uh, deploying your product? No. No? Okay. And, and so I'm guessing it can run on any of the clouds or is there a preferred cloud uh, for you guys? Yeah, it can run on all of the, the major clouds, right? Because this is something that, and there's different, there's different ways you can deploy us, Mandeep. It just depends on kind of which part of the product you start with. And uh, it runs on, you know, all the major clouds and you can configure it to run on different types of infrastructure in the cloud too. Different, okay. of, you know, Linux and different operating systems and all of that. Got it. Uh, do you protect the endpoints? We are not in the endpoint today. Okay, so uh, what is one technology or trend that you are most excited about over the next two years? 
I think there is, so I, just to continue kind of where we are, I think there, and I'm excited about how cloud security continues to evolve and span more of what types of outcomes we can drive for the developers who are developing cloud applications and how security can be more integrated with the way that they architect, develop, and kind of build and deploy things, as well as how the data-driven approach kind of really spans from developer all the way to runtime. I think there's a lot of really cool opportunity there in terms of just helping an organization really realize the value of the cloud, being able to move faster and being able to have more flexibility in the cloud with increasing levels of confidence and security versus less. And then I would say another maybe thing that's a little bit further out there in terms of an idea is you mentioned it earlier where there is a lot of exciting news right now around some of these you know AI advancements that have happened in the last several years, whether it be something like chat GPT-3 or something like the, I should say, chat GPT and things like the large language models and other advancements that are happening and will happen next year as well. And how those advancements in AI and the models that are being developed out there, how those intersect and could help us as, you know, partners as well as customers drive and uh, drive higher security efficacy in, in the cloud environment. So there's some interesting things that potentially will happen in the future around that. And I'm pretty excited to see how those two maybe kind of meet. Got it. Uh, are you a more direct sales model or indirect sales model? We uh, are mostly direct, but we have a increasing reliance and build an investment on partners. Got it. What could go wrong with your assumptions about growth in this uh, data-driven cybersecurity market? I guess, you know, it's one of those things where potentially the notion of security in the cloud just fundamentally changes. Maybe there is some technological shift in the cloud. Uh, maybe there is a different way of handling this. Maybe the cloud providers themselves solve all of the security problems for a customer, but there will be others. And I think, you know, as long as there is motivation for the attackers out there, they will find a way to create um, to create opportunity for themselves. And again, this is where our ability to kind of adapt the type of data that we're ingesting and being able to understand it and drive outcomes, but evolve those different outcomes is really important for a just evolving as the threat landscape and as the cloud itself continues to evolve. I think that's much harder if you're shipping a point solution or if you're shipping a box to be able to evolve as quickly as threats in the cloud are evolving. What is the size of your data lake? Uh, we don't disclose that. Okay, <laughs> I tried. Um, and then uh, finally, when are you planning to go public given, you know, you've done so well uh, being private? Any plans to go to pu public soon? Yeah, I mean, Mandeep, I think you know this, but the IPO market right now, the window isn't super compelling right now. So, you know, that is something that uh, plays a factor into all of this. And we're going to be focused on continuing to build a great business here 
and making sure we continue to invest in building out our team, our product, and delighting our customers. And when the timing's right, the timing will be right. Okay. Great. Well, Jay, this has been wonderful. I learned a lot, uh, you know, just chatting with you about this space and uh, truly enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, wish you all the best and happy holidays. Thank you, Mandeep.